This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and is... From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Blue Wire. Breaking news, LeBron is a Laker. This Clippers team will win a championship this year. Paul George, corner three. Yes, sir! Ryan has to put it up with the buzzer. Banks it in! What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Clutch Points and Blue Wire Networks. As usual, Tomer Zarli, your LA Clippers beat writer. On the other end, over in Colorado, we got Ryan Ward, our Lakers beat writer for Clutch Points. And tonight, today, I say we got a special guest for you guys from LA, from his home right now, newly engaged. Congratulations, Mr. Danny thank Green you. himself of thank the Los you, thank Angeles. You. I appreciate Lakers. it, man. Appreciate it. Colorado, huh? Okay. Yeah. 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 Different time hey, zone? It's only an hour, only an hour right. difference. Yeah. Appreciate you having me. It's been, it's been uh, some weird times, but it's an honor and a pleasure to be on with you guys. Oh, I mean, thank you for taking the time. You me tell too, us how man. busy you are, and it's been uh, it's, it's great to have you on. Yeah, um, even though we're busy, there's a lot of time in the day. Everybody has free time during quarantine hours. Even though we're still working out, some people get back to work. <laughs> that's um, true. There's still a lot of time in the day. So how are you doing? How's your family doing? I mean, I mean it's been since March now. Um, Quarantine-wise, how's your family doing? They're doing okay. I appreciate you checking it, uh, asking. Uh, they're doing okay. Uh, they're, all my family's in New York, so I've been here in L.A. this whole time. It was too risky to go back, um, mm-hmm. except for this past weekend. So uh, my birthday was Monday, I believe, or something like that. So I went home for the weekend to see my family for the first time since the pandemic hit. Um, and they're doing well. They're doing okay. Everybody's uh, still alive and kicking. Do well. Some of their friends and family – or some of their friends that they've known – over some years, they have lost, um, so I feel for them. Um, yeah. But luckily for me, and fortunate enough that my family is, is safe for right now, knock on wood. Um, but it was good to see them. I haven't seen them since I've been home. I guess when we played, I think we played Knicks in at the same time, in January maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was good to have a you know, weekend home. But now I'm back in L.A. and uh, back, to, back to work, working out, getting ready and make sure the body's right, right for when we get, start back up. 
I'm glad to hear that you and your family are doing well. Um, I mean, just just jump right into it. Um, you know, we have the Orlando bubble coming up. Uh, are you personally ready for the NBA's return? Like, how do you feel about, you know, health-wise? And then, you know, obviously we have game shape. How do you feel about the NBA's return in general? Uh, yeah, I think I'm ready. I think I'm fine. And I think most people will be fine. Um, what, and I saw something J.J. Reddick said earlier. If, if you have not been working out and not have found a gym, uh, that's your fault. You know, there's no excuses at this point. Uh, even before our facilities open, you know, everybody can find a gym that access to something to work out, whether mm-hmm. it's running the hills, running the streets, running the beach, bike riding, uh, doing push-ups, sit-ups at home, figuring out ways to work out. So that's pretty much what everybody's been doing. Our facility's been open for about a month, but I had some private gyms. Uh, so I think a lot of our guys are ahead of the curve with uh, access and being able to stay on top of things um, and ahead of the curve so that we don't have injuries. But we all will have a month of practicing and training camp in Orlando. Uh, so I think that's more than enough time if you're in any type of decent shape as a player uh, to get your body ready and right so that you don't have injuries. Uh, so in that sense, I think I'm not worried about it. I don't think many guys are worried about it. In that sense, I think more guys are, are worried about the rules and regulations of the bubble and being stuck mm-hmm. in it um, and not be able to see their families or their wives and kids or their, their loved ones or, or friends uh, for the first two months. So it's going to be interesting, but um, – when it comes to pretending to health-wise, I think we're fine. I think most guys will be fine when it comes down to starting playing. Yesterday, the news came out about uh, Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. And it kind of was a bit surprising because he was the first player to really kind of say, I'm not, I'm not going. Because mm-hmm. uh, the, date, the date was supposed to be today, but I think they yeah. pushed it back. Uh, so the guys have more time to decide. But he, he made his decision before the date, uh, which was said today. Um, mm-hmm. We're still waiting to see. We don't know who else is opting out or opting in, but – I'm sure we'll soon find out. Um, but, yeah, um, it's been interesting. Um, you had a question following that? I was just going to say, what was your reaction to it? Did you guys know what was coming? Did you? Uh, I mean, I said it happened kind of abrupt. He was the first to do it. Um, but you kind of could see it coming. Uh, you know, we had multiple calls. He had concerns about his family. Um, also, with the protest things going on, um, said as of late not many people get a hold of them um so so you kind of see it coming twitter is a toxic place and a lot of people you know have things to say and they're like oh avery bradley how can he sit out what, what, what do you say to, to those guys who are like avery you know it's, it's three months left family it's for a championship you got to do it what do you say to those people he can't hear you he doesn't have any social media so he can't hear you oh <laughs> he doesn't have twitter he doesn't have instagram that's true, huh? I forgot. All the shit that y'all are putting out there, he does not see it. He can't hear you, and I don't think he cares. Because half of us that do have it don't care. Um, and the guys that don't have it said he can't hear you. How is, now, that, how is that juggling social media for someone like you who've been in – you were kind of in the league before it got crazy, right? Like before Twitter yes, kind of blew yes, up. Yes. And- yes. Um, I didn't have social media for like the first half – well, the first three or four years of my career at least. I was one of the late ones to it. Um, but things were a lot different then. How to juggle it takes time, I guess, to understand it, figure it out. Um, you know, blog button becomes one of your, your personal favorites. Uh, <laughs> ignores to drown people out. Um, you know, you get used to it. Uh, you understand some people are just lonely people behind a keyboard who just have a lot of time on their hands to, you know, talk some shit or find some information or just say something random that don't know nothing about your life, your, your game, or the game in general. So um, you learn to ignore uh, or block out the irrelevant noise. I was going to ask you, how does your role specifically change with, with Avery, you know, backing out? 
I think everybody's role changes. Um, obviously, there's more minutes out there for most guys, but they're going to look for another guy to step up to be the defensive primary defender, and I hope to be that guy. Um, I'm looking forward to that, uh, taking on that challenge. But um, I said it's open for it's another roster spot, an opportunity for another guy who has not been playing all year round that's been at home to be able to join us. Um, and it opens up opportunity for our guys that have been with us to, to play more minutes. You know, KCP's going to step up, Alex Caruso, Rondo, myself, all the way down the line, our wings, and whoever we bring with us uh, that added. Um, obviously, we have Dion with us now, Dion Waiters, and whoever we add is also going to have opportunity. But so it, it changes the dynamic of our team defensively uh, tremendously on the wing, uh, on the perimeter. Mm. Uh, and offensively, it's another score. Right? We all have to stop. We can't be one person to fill those shoes. And we can't – I mean, we can, but we shouldn't look to our all-stars to carry every everything, all the weight that, that is missing. We have to do it uh, ourselves collectively as well. And they've done their they've done their job. They should continue to do their job, and we have to, you know, uplift them or instead fill those shoes that are, that are missing uh, um, while Avery's out. How do you feel about uh, – you know, it was reported J.R. Smith could be a candidate. How do you feel about adding him on? I love Switch, man. I love his game. He's a great guy. Um, you know, since high school, competed against him. Um, you know, deserves an opportunity, uh, just like Melo, just like Jamal Crawford. All those guys deserve an opportunity. Uh, professionally, I've been in the league for a long time. Um, and said so I have seen him. Uh, so we're from kind of the same area. He's from the Northeast. Uh, I've seen him work out here and there. He, he looks like he's been ready and waiting for this call for a minute. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. As well, my pay grade, I don't make those decisions. But um, <laughs> I think if he does get the opportunity, whether it's with us or another team, he'll be ready and he'll be a great addition to wherever he goes. Well, put a good word in for me because I'm kind of ready. Okay. I'm, in, I'm yeah. in that physical condition <laughs> where I can lock anybody down. You can be uh, one of the – if the coaching staff doesn't go, you can be one of those fill-ins for the – yeah, just tell him I'll be a I'll be a fat forward. How about okay. that? <laughs> you got six fouls. You got six fouls. We we use we use six fouls. You know what I'm saying six fouls. <laughs> Some guys might be winded at the beginning. Could get a couple fouls in there. Just just a little, just a little. Uh, Danny, do do you have what are some of your biggest concerns? I guess with with the return. Um, like I said just keeping guys in the bubble, keeping. Uh, I don't think guys are worried about themselves, but more so their families of getting sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the biggest concern in the bubble is, you know, how we're operating in there. You know, is it really able? To, are we still able to live our lives nor- like somewhat normally um, as mm-hmm. individuals? Um, but I think the weird parts about it is that it's because of the pandemic. I was having to wear a mask everywhere, having to be six feet apart, um, you know, not having your day-to-day with your, your family, your babies, your kids, your dogs, your pets, um, all those things. And also not having fans, I think it's going to be the biggest, weirdest adjustment. Playing in an arena, I can't remember the last time I played in any gym without no fans. Um, so even when we were young kids, it probably had fans, you know, in high school. Um, right. So it's going to be a different dynamic um, playing with if they bring in any type of fan noise or, NBA 2, who knows what they're going to bring. The music would help, but, you know, that's going to be a weird uh, change. Well, I know what it's like to play without fans. So that's another, you know. Another booster. Another, another plus. Yeah, man, man. I, will I, plug you, I will plug you in, man. We need, we need that. That guy can, can coach us through the, the um, soundless arenas. Um. What did you think of the, uh, the ring that they were talking about, which was supposed to uh, 90% effective to detect – Coronavirus? <laughs> You're already laughing. Uh, I thought it was interesting, man. Um, 
I took it the same way most guys took it. I thought it was a, another way for them to track us, <laughs> uh, make sure that we're not, you know, monitor what we're doing. I mean, Apple Watch, why don't you give us Apple Watch? I think Apple Watch does almost the same things as the Ring does. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the Ring probably has a couple more beneficial things, but um, I think they're also making sure that nobody leaves the bubble without their knowledge. Um, but I think there's some benefits to it. I think it's cool. A lot of people are asking about it. A lot of people want it. And most of those people are non-NBA players. <laughs> uh -huh. A lot of the staff, a lot of the you know people outside, like, how do you guys get the rings? And I'm like, but even predicting early, what is that going to do for us? They not, it's not like you can stop the virus from happening. It's just right, going to sit out longer. It's going to quarantine. It doesn't seem like there's any advantages for us to wear it. Um, you detect some type of early symptoms. You know, start quarantining us earlier. You know, if we don't test, we're testing every every other day anyway. If we don't test positive, we should be able to play. You know, wearing a ring, I think the disadvantage is you can stop us from playing even if we're negative um, beforehand. So, I mean, I don't know. So, I think there's some benefits to it, but I think most guys are opposed to wearing anything on their bodies that's, you know, dictated or determined by anything outside of their own computed, you know, information. Wow. Right. Now, just being straightforward here, a lot of the talk is, you know, the NBA – and the players, I guess, are supposed to be okay with players testing positive in terms of not shutting the league down again, mm -hmm. um, you know, like sort of just carrying on. Um, now, you know, the nice nightmare scenario is obviously if a superstar in the middle of a playoff series, knock on wood, uh, test positive, and, you know, that, pl that player has to quarantine for a couple, a couple weeks. You know, what's, is that talk or thought process going through players' minds at all? It was a discussion. Um, we've heard about it. We've discussed it, but realistically like come on you, you can't have nba or nba game or playoff game uh without the superstars playing right yeah um, you know and obviously testing every day but you really don't need to do that unless there should be testing if there's symptoms but they're playing to safe i understand it uh, but there's no way shape or form that it's fair to play a game without a lebron james ad or if Giannis gets it you have to play through it realistically. Um, and I think the best thing is just keep us away from our family so we can survive it. I think most of us caught it. Most of us have survived it um, and built antibodies for it and can be okay with playing with it or, you know, living just, you know, certain circumstances you're going to have to fight it through or just let it play out. Um, and mm -hmm. I think that's the best case scenario. So if something like that happens and I think, yeah, you get their families out of there and we just break it down to those two teams. But we just leave those two teams quarantined together but playing together whatever, but it's whoever, you know what I'm saying, makes it, but I think we'll be okay mm -hmm. to survive it. Um, and I'm sure some, a lot of us have already. So um, luckily, or we hope that nothing gets in um, and, you know, things can go smoothly. But if it does, um, the only way to keep the NBA, the NBA is let us play it through. Mm -hmm. You guys ended the season on a high. Um, obviously, you guys had that loss to the Nets, but you beat the Clippers, you beat the Bucks. Uh, in that weekend, that was a big weekend for you guys. Now, yeah. what were you – the, the chemistry for this team seemed to gel really quickly and just, you know, health w w was a big thing for you guys. But you guys seemed to mesh together really well. What mm -hmm. were your thoughts on the way you guys came together, the, the way you guys were playing leading up to the hiatus? Um, I thought we were playing well. I mean, we started out well, um, just against, you know, below 500 teams. But I think the fact that we had so many vets it helped us be ahead of the curve. Uh, so many, so much talent helped us jump on people. But, you know, a lot of people, a lot of teams started gaining chemistry as well. Um, um, we kind of, I guess, still figuring out rotation, figuring out minutes. There's only one basketball. So many players, so much talent. It's hard to, you know, I feel bad for coach a lot of times. I say it all the time. <laughs> um, 
but that point, I think we were kind of finding our rhythm, finding our niche, rotation-wise, coaching-wise, everything, and things were going well. Um, mind you, said it's still regular season and still one game against them, one game against, you know, one game against Clippers, one game against Milwaukee. Those are just one games in regular season. Mm. Um, so you can't take too much from it. Playoffs is way different. But, you know, it was good to see us hit stride at a good moment because we still had some time left, but we would need to stay consistent. We lost to Brooklyn. You know, that was a one that we didn't need, shouldn't have lost and didn't need, you know, after a big weekend. Um, but, you know, that would have been a wake-up call, hopefully bounce back and get our rhythm back but um, and show our veteranship. But uh, you never know how it was going to go. But to see that happen during that time, it was, it was a great confidence booster for us. I mean, we already knew we could play those teams, knew we could be those teams very capable, but it hadn't happened to that point. Uh, but being able to do that, it helps us, I think, let's say mentally, but also lets them know, you know, put a little fear in them. Uh, at the right. same time, you know, it, it kind of goes, that's what all these games are for, you know, matchup, seeing how well you match up with them. Um, some teams think they got you. If they beat you more than once, they beat you twice, then they got you. Now worried or fear, or fear you any. But if they can't get you, or if you actually, you know, give them one good loss or manhandle them one game, it puts the fear in them that, you know, we're a threat and, you know, just not any threat. So, um, so it was good to see. It was, it was a lot of fun to play in. A lot of people. A lot of people say that regular season doesn't really count when it comes to the playoffs. But mm -hmm. you're saying that mental edge is sort of there in terms of beating a team twice, three times, maybe even sweeping them in a season. For sure. Um, and people say it doesn't matter. You said we get to the playoffs, but if you sweep a team during regular season, they know. Like, man, we don't really want to play these guys. Uh, but it also is a disadvantage at times too, because it's hard to beat a team five, six times, seven times, because they figure out ways to change things. They figure out how to beat mm -hmm. you. Um, but yeah, it definitely plays a role, not a big role, but it definitely plays a role. You mentioned, uh, your coach there for a second. Um, I gotta say, uh, <laughs> I've been covering the Lakers since 2011. This mm. is the first year that I haven't heard shit about how bad the coaching has been. <laughs> well, when you're winning games, you're not going to hear too much about the coaching. Um, you got <laughs> as many players as we got and we're so deep. Number one in the West, it's hard to complain about the coaching. But I'm sure when it comes down to it, if we were to lose a playoff game, people are going to dissect what the fuck was coach doing. Um, that's that's not that, gotten to that point yet. But, um, you know, Frank has been great, man. He's been doing the best job he can with the group that we have. It's tough. I said I feel for him because we have so many guys, so much talent. Um, and he's trying to give everybody opportunity. Um, and at the same time, I said win games. So it's tough to do that as a head coach. But he's been doing a, a tremendous job at it. Well, I was going to say, since you've had such a kind of a blessed career in terms of coaching, right? Uh, Popovich and then Nick Nurse last year, and now, mm -hmm. now Vogel. How has Vogel been been different, or what have you seen that's been similar between all all three of them? Um, Frank was more more of a defensive coach. Nick was more of an offensive coach. Pop is more defensive, uh, but said more in your face. Frank is a little bit more laid back, but um, they're all great, man. They all have been great in their different ways and unique. Uh, Nick mm -hmm. thought outside the box a little bit more than others, and those had to throw wrenches at teams where they kind of confused and figure out what we're trying to do. By the time they figure it out, we're already up on them, you know, 10, 15 points. Hmm. Um, but, you know, Pop and Frank, very similar to me in, defense, in the fact that they're the defensive coaches, and that's what they focus on mainly. Uh, great teachers break down in detail. Frank is great with that from, you know, from the beginning of training camp. Let them know the tendencies, the, the philosophies, uh, the theories, the, you know, just the terminology that we're going to be using and let everybody know, you know, from the beginning so there's no confusion. Uh, said he's been great though he's been really good what's I'm sure you get this a lot but what's it like for you playing with with LeBron does it ever get old no um playing with any star man it's always a lot of fun um and not just because you're seeing how they operate on the court and in the facility but in real life 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's cool to see. And I think it's for y'all too, to see guys like us or those guys be just like you. Um, they have the mm-hmm. same issues. They go through the same things, same thought process, um, carry themselves the same way every day, uh, how they operate and, you know, taking the kids to school or you know, picking up FaceTime and talking to the people, um, their business handling, managing, how their thought processes. Um, you know, it, it's just cool to be around and cool to see and also cool to bond with those type of people, um, even though they're looked at as superstar level and they give you stories of things that they heard about. It's crazy. Like, oh, right. shit. He actually knows this person and interacted with this person. Wow, you did, you know, certain things like that. Um, uh, it's pretty cool. Even though we're, you guys look at us as celebrities, which, you know, we're really not. We're just basketball players. But, uh, you know, to see uh, those type of guys, Phil will, you know, have experiences that are similar to yours with other, you know, people that you looked up to or watch or celebrities uh, and have cool stories. You know, it brings you back to, you know, your little kid days and you're still like a little kid listening and want to hear these information, these stories. Uh, just like you guys are when your podcast, even my podcast, want to hear these stories, what they have to say. Um, right. I get that on a daily and a lot of that stuff is you can't share, but um, it's good to know. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you play with LeBron your rookie year. Um, how has he evolved since 2000, 2009, I believe it was, 2009, 2010? Um, obviously, he went to Miami and learned how to be a winner. He's definitely older, more mature. His kids are older. He has more kids now. Um, but he's still a big goofball at the same time, so has a lot of fun. Um, but said he understands his personnel better. He understands where he needs to put people in the right places or where they need to be for him to be effective. You mm-hmm. know, I need you in this corner, AD. I need you setting the screen here. You know, if they help here, I got, I got layup dunk or lob the AD or I got Danny in the corner. So, you know, simple things like that. And just knowing time, score, and said so the little the little things, little plays, 50-50 plays of, of being a winner and winning a championship. Um, you know, he takes a lot of those things seriously, watching film and holding himself accountable. Because a lot of times most coaches won't and most organizations won't hold their stars accountable. But, you know, a lot of – Frank will at times. He'll tell you know, AD mm-hmm. about what he needs to do. They'll do it themselves. They don't, have, they don't need Frank to do it a lot of times. They'll tell, hold themselves accountable. You know, that was my fault. I'll make sure I'll do better. I'll do better. I'll be better for you guys. Um, so it, it's good to see. So one of my favorite memories was I was about 15 at the time was uh, you guys dancing on the sidelines. Mm. That was a really, I think that was a 62 win team. I believe it You're was 15. <laughs> yeah. It was, that was uh, last year. Last yeah. year. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy seeing you guys. Cause it was, it was just like a really fun team. That team had Love. so much fun. I, all your pregame rituals. And are you guys bringing any, any of those dances or any of those moves or handshakes back this year at all? Oh, we, we have a lot of characters. It's, it starts with Brian. You know, he always has a great time. But there's characters throughout the whole league. But that team was definitely a team full of characters. We had a lot of fun. Uh, even now, um, not as much dancing, but everybody has handshakes. Everybody has their thing. There's mm-hmm. some gamblers. There's some guys that, you know, have different groups of passions that just get into music or whatever it may be, video mm-hmm. games. Um, but we're all connected and bond through different ways. And we do have a lot of fun on and off the court. Uh, when we're hanging out and it's a great vibe the guys are communicating we talk in the, the group chat um and chat it chop it up and, and figure out what the move is what we're doing here we're doing dinner we're doing this and i said it's a, it's a great vibe and it's hard to replace that's that's better than anything in the world not even you know obviously winning a championship and playing basketball but there's nothing better than connecting and bonding with your peers that you look up to and have a lot of fun with them and they're able to you know have a certain i guess lifestyle um with mm-hmm. them um that nobody can understand or can take away from you. I wanted to pause real quick to tell you guys about BetOnline. Right now, there's no shortage of action going on in our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. 
Sports are slowly making their way back, and Bet Online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets that you can check out. Just visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. So is there a LeBron James story that you can actually share? In terms of what? This year. Something cool, funny that happened um, this year? There's, there's a bunch of them, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen it all. There's not an image, video, highlight. Uh, or act that that man has done that you have not seen or been recorded uh, that has not been on House of Highlights, ESPN. The wrong damn answer, Danny. Points that, <laughs> wrong damn everything answer. Everything that that man does is video recorded. It's out there. It's highlighted. That's true, um, man. Especially with of, all the media now, right? Exactly. He has a lot of fun, man. We have a lot of fun with him. Um, and said so every story I said is usually out there. You hear about it. Um, but that's what makes him great because he does so much good things off the court. Um, and it has fun with it at the same time. Uh, but they, they, I'm not a gambler, but they always have – they gamble, and there's, I'm sure the gamblers can tell you some gambling stories, but um, those card games get pretty intense. Do they? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, shifting over to some, some – you played with Kawhi last year. I mean, actually, you've left all your years in your career before, um, you know, before this one, and Cleveland, obviously. Uh, what, what's he like? Because, you know, for, for some people who don't know, I mean, outside of maybe the media and players, he looks like this quiet guy who just doesn't, you know, not funny or anything until last year's, you know, I'm a fun guy came out. What's he like as a teammate, as a person? Normal guy, man. Um, he's just a little more to himself. But he's definitely, over, over time, has, has grown to be a leader, more vocal, uh, more social. I said, I wouldn't know this year. You have to ask some of the Clippers guys how he is in that locker room. But in Toronto, he started to come out of his shell a little more. Um, but he, he does. And he is funny. And it's, and it's funny because a lot of times you least expect it from him. Um, but, you know, he, he has a good time. He kicks it. He hangs out. But I said, I, I couldn't give you the answer uh, this year. I said, I haven't been his teammate this year. Those Clippers guys can give you more information. But, um, you know, he's a normal guy, man. He said he has his kids. Uh, he enjoys being with them. And, and his girl, and he enjoys his family. His family's around there, tight with him. He's close with his family. And uh, he has his people that he trusts. But at the same time, he, he integrates and shares stories with his teammates about things that he's gone through and, and you know, things we've gone through. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Talk about, talk about his, his development as a player from, you know, won the 2014 Finals MVP, uh, did a lot of it on the defensive end, and then just slowly groomed into a superstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you seen from his development over the years? I mean, he's one of the superstars who really still prioritizes the mid-range jumper in an area where it's really a lot of three and then layups. Well, this shows you, it just goes to show you um, how high of IQ he actually has. People don't think he has high IQ, but he knows his game. He knows his strengths. He knows where he's effective. He doesn't really go outside of it as much, you know what I'm saying? Um, but his growth was tremendous, unbelievable. It's nothing that nobody could have predicted or seen. Even the Spurs, I don't care what anybody says, who drafted him, nobody can say, oh, we saw Kawhi becoming this. No. He came out of the draft. You know, he was a big body, big shoulders, big hands, long arms. Um, I looked at as a defensive guy. And, you know, just an you know, awkward game. But 
nobody can predict him, you know, grooming himself or, or them also grooming him as well in San Antonio to become a superstar on both ends of the floor. I mean, we expected him to be a good defender, uh, but, but the way he's uh, progressed tremendously on the offensive end of the floor, nobody can predict that. And I've been, I've been blessed enough to see it up close and be a part of it uh, from him, you know, being just a regular guy, uh, just defensive guy to becoming uh, finals MVP. And then after that, groom himself to work in the mid post and becoming an offensive isolation type of guy. And, Averaging 20 to averaging 30, damn near 30 a game, um, and being an all-star, you know. And people thought, you know, if he made all-star one year, they thought it was a fluke. When he won the finals MVP, they thought it was a fluke. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's proved a lot of people wrong, um, a lot of the critics. But so it's something nobody could ever predict. Um, but, you know, he's earned it. He puts the time and he puts the, the work in, and that, that's all he does. You Take gave, me through that real quick. Hold on. Take, I, I got to say this first. I got to get this out because <laughs> it gave me a segue. Uh, you said grooming yourself. Manscaped. We got to talk about right. that. Ad. <laughs> I don't know that was coming. Go ahead. What's up? <laughs> hey, man, you nailed that ad. That was amazing. It was fun, man. Um, so I, I had gotten some videos and I had help. My guys in my podcast, shout out to Inside the Green Room, uh, Harrison Sanford, Amjad Osmond. Those guys were amazing with uh, helping with the shopping of the idea of it. Um, so we got yeah. some videos sent to us of the premise of what it was like, what it's supposed to be like, how funny it is. That's their kind of their mantra or their MO of, you know, trying to uh, be funny and get the, the word out. Uh, so we're like, all right, we got to do something good. Uh, everybody, when it came out, they're like, they must have paid you with the bat. I mean, it's not something they do. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like a big time partnership, big time deal. Uh, um, it was it was a deal. It was a nice one, but it was a small deal. But, you know, we took it and made the best of it. And luckily enough, it opened up the doors for other sponsorships to come in and also <laughs> kind of build a relationship with them to, you know, come back and do something in the future now. Supposed to be coming back with them, do something other, something else special for you guys. So we'll be having another, you know, little spot coming out at some point soon. I'm sure. How many takes? How many takes did it do that? Did you do that in one? No, I didn't do it in one. <laughs> um, but it didn't take long. I'll tell you that because once we, I like to once I get the idea of it, I like to be organic. So once I get the idea of it, tell them how I'm going to execute it. We figure it out. All right, we're going to do this, this, all right, that. All right, then we're like, okay, so two or three takes, and we're like, two, first two takes, like, all right, we need to do this a little smoother. I want you to pan the camera up, down, better, this. We look at it. So we watched film on it, but it probably took about maybe seven, seven to ten takes, seven to nine. That's um, still pretty good. You just look so, you look so damn calm, man. I, I, was I like, think actually it might have been less than that. It might have been less than that because it took once it took like four or five screw-ups, and after that it was like, all right, I got it. Went slow with it, took my time. It was also getting it within the minute. You know what I'm saying? So right. You got a minute. So it's like, you know, so, um, but it probably took about seven, six, seven takes, I would say. That's <laughs> priceless. Yeah. It's priceless. Yeah. Danny, t- take me through um, game seven against the Sixers, that, that shot. <laughs> um, well, how do you want me to take you through it? You want me to take you I mean, it? you know, Kawhi's sprinting towards the baseline, towards you guys' bench. Uh, elevates with one of the toughest fadeaways I've seen. Um, I mean, the ball looks online. It hits the front of the rim. Usually that means it's bouncing off or over. I mean, just what, 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 do you, what, do you, what is your, what's going on through your mind when you see that? When you see I think you just play. described it perfectly, man. Oh, you just took us through the whole moment. Everybody's you were there, though. Everybody's seen it. Everybody's watched it 100 times. And, but obviously the mindset is similar to yours. I'm, even though I'm a player, it ain't no different from yours. You know, I'm still a fan of the game. I still want to win. If you're a Raptors fan – Obviously, it's a little different mindset if you're a Sixers fan. But if you're rooting for us and rooting for us to win and rooting mm-hmm. for Kawhi, you know, rooting for 
um, and want to see us go, then you're having the same mindset as us. It was, you know, um, there was a play drawn up. I didn't know what the fuck was. I mean, when he got it, I knew he was going to take the last shot and pass it. But when he got it, there was two people on him. And I was like, I think, I think it was either Mark or Pascal Tavik. He's open. Like, throw it to Mark. But I was just like, shit, somebody's open. But, uh, you know, he sprinted and got around the big, got to that corner, got his, to his spot, likes to fade, uh, faded, got it up, and uh, gave it a chance. But when it hit, I was like, damn, we won this overtime. Then it bounced again. I was like, okay, shit has got a little, you know. And then it kept bouncing. And, I was, and it obviously, in fast motion, it was all about one second, 1. 1.5. But when you're there in the arena, it was probably about three minutes of us was- watching this ball bounce and like uh, we kept getting more life with each bounce and then once it went in everybody just went crazy phil handy was telling us about that and he kind of yeah. expressed the he, same he, thing he right? said that he said that it felt like like maybe like 10 minutes of waiting it was long as hell it was like a blur, like, like a blur right like, after in the world. yeah it was just but <laughs> you know y'all watched it on live tv when we watched the highlight it was like it's not as impressive like when you're in the arena or when you're in that sound line watching the ball it was literally like a movie like slow motion bouncing bouncing like get the hell it and it just took forever to go in and it finally rolled in you know everybody went nuts is that the best shot that you've ever been a part of like or you've witnessed or that that you've seen on your from your team uh probably for a game winning shot yes um there's always some impressive shots that people hit that have been ridiculously crazy but Mm -hmm. for a buzzer beater game winning shot um, that probably was it, especially it's a game seven. Right. High game on the line. There's nothing bigger than that, um, you know. I think you, you, you carved out a, a name for yourself, obviously, with the Spurs, but I think that your biggest, you know, run came when you made that. I think the then it was like a finals record three-pointers in the finals. You just just a barrage of threes. Um, what was that experience with the Spurs like and, and sort of seeing yourself develop in, into a better player year after year? Um, it's hard to say that because I don't – I was never one of those guys that was looked at as let's groom him to be this or let's make him a better player. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, this is your role and that's it, you know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It was like I was not a focal point of that offense defensively, but offense or anything, there was no plays run, you know, I wasn't one of those guys. Right. Right? Even though I did get those shots just because I was open. You know, Tony and Timmy and Mono, those guys, quite everybody did a great job of moving the ball but finding me. And obviously they played a certain way um, where after that, nobody was going to ever shift off me or leave me open. Um, but I said, it wasn't a, one of those things where it was like, oh, we're going to get him the ball. We're going to find him or we're going to groom him to be better. You know, each year it was like, you know, this is your role and this is what you're good at, you know, stick to that. And then, you know, we got added more guys different years. We added LaMarcus and obviously Kawhi became, uh, it came into his own. Uh, so the role changed a little bit. Um, and I wouldn't say as defensively is my focus of getting better each year, but offensively, um, if you ask most of the fans, they're probably like, oh, he got worse each year, which probably wasn't the case. But at the same time, I said I never was a focal point. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what they expected. You know, they, and that's what the coaching staff expected. I mean, the fans probably expected me to do more and be one of the MVPs or top players. But realistically, that doesn't happen. Uh, that all is according to how the organization sees you as a franchise player. Your coaching staff is going to groom you into that. And that wasn't something that I was looked at. As. So and not saying that I should have been, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I maximized the role and, and made us better the ways I could. And, I, you know, it was probably best for the system. I feel like when we were going through it, and even in the last couple of years, the, the most beautiful display of basketball was that 2014 finals that you guys put on in mm-hmm. terms of the ball movement, the, the shot making. Just it was just, yeah. it was just perfect, it looked like. Do you remember that series and how just 
Uh, have you watched it back at all? Uh, no, I don't really watch. I don't like to reflect too much because then you get all fat and happy and satisfied. But uh-huh. even then, the 2013, I don't like to watch that at all either. But I feel like our 2013 and 2014 teams were the best teams, the best basketball that I've been a part of and played with, with how we're moving it. Um, after that, things kind of changed. The pace of the game slowed down. Um, obviously, Kawhi said came to his own, more low ISO with him on there. And then uh, LaMarcus came, more post work, and we had Timmy. We had so many guys. It was tough. But 2013 and 14, I probably had the most fun on the court. Um, and that system of playing, you know, great basketball, um, the name system, honestly. Um, but it's, in Toronto, we had some fun, too. And here in L.A., we've, we have a lot of fun. Uh, but the way we moved the ball in San Antonio, it, I don't think I've been a part of a team that has moved it like that. Do you have a favorite moment of your career, a highlight from your career that you look back on? I know you say you don't reflect too much, but just a moment that is at the top for you. There's a bunch of them, man. I'm sure you can point those out. Um, winning your first championship, getting your first contract, real contract. Winning a second championship, getting another contract, um, playing for the Lakers, having another opportunity to win the championship. Obviously, every championship holds a, a great, you know, those are great memories that you hold close to you. Um, and obviously, you know, being able to earn a living and stay in this league and sign contracts um, also hold a great memory. And be able to play alongside some of the greats that I call, you know, I can call family. I can call them brothers. Uh, those are probably the best memories. And be able to celebrate with them. Also be in the trenches even when we lose. Um, you know, just ha- after every season, us coming together as a team, before we leave out to our families, be able to do something. So, um, you know, all those memories will, will always be, you know, things that I look at the most and remember uh, the most. Any hobbies that you picked up over quarantine right now? I mean, it's been a couple months now. What have you started doing? Just doing what everybody's been doing, man. So working out, but outside of that, just organizing and cleaning the house. Uh, yeah. Getting to the things that we all avoid. Uh, fixing this, fixing that, uh, organizing this, clean up that. Oh, we need to get this. But, you know, getting, building my own little weight room in my garage, uh, working out. Um, I started to get the Rosetta Stone. There was another app that was telling me about. I was picking up a language. I was freshening up on my Spanish mostly, but I have a lot of time in the bubble to pick up on my Spanish, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, but there was another app somebody told me about. I have to remember what it was called, but I'll find it. But, yeah, I'm trying to get fluent in some other languages would be nice. <laughs> How are you doing on that so far? I mean, I can understand Spanish is easy because you take it long enough. It's, you can understand it. You know the basics. You know the words. You, I can understand it better than I can speak it. Um, but it's probably better off learning it if you're actually in Spain or in a Spanish-speaking country where you have to force yourself to figure it out and learn your way around it. So, um, you know, it's a little tougher just doing it here in America. But, yeah, um, you know, not too bad. Rosetta Stone is okay. Um, I think there's. So there might be some better options. Just I think there is one. I, I forgot what it's called. I've seen the ad for it recently. Yeah, I'm trying uh, to remember what it's called. I can't remember. Well, just about wrapped here, but just uh, final question before we let you plug everything. Um, you know, some of the teams considered to be the highest contenders, uh, Lakers, Clippers, Bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on the Clippers and Bucks? Obviously, we know how good the Lakers are, but just, just get your thoughts on, on Milwaukee and, and, and the other LA team. They're very good. You know, obviously they have, MVP caliber players with some, some you know, all-stars around them and some a good support system around those guys. Um, Milwaukee plays at a really good pace, uh, really good shooters around Giannis, uh, play really good team basketball, and that starts with him. Uh, Clippers saying, you know, PG, Kawhi, and they have some good guys, pieces like Pat Beverly, some defenders. They picked up uh, Keith's brother. They got Marcus over there. They picked up some good pieces. You got Trez and Lou Will off the bench. You know, a deep squad with a lot of talent. Um, 
you know, you can't forget the other teams that are contenders too. You know, teams that we had great matchups with Boston, um, you know, in the East is, is pretty good. Even Toronto's been playing really good basketball. I guess Philly would be another one, but in the West, mm-hmm. you still got Houston has been playing good basketball. Um, Denver was, we, we, we have to see, and you see Jokic is in great shape. We have to see whose roster is what, who's healthy, who stays healthy, um, and who brings who to the bubble. It's going to be, it's a different dynamic now. Do you think mm-hmm. there's a, is there a dark, dark horse team in the West in your, in your eyes? Like a team that people are just not giving much credit to right now, but they could just creep in there? Um, I would say Houston, but I think them operating the bubble might be tough. We'll see how that goes for them. Them <laughs> operating in the bubble. <laughs> but uh, I think Denver is one of those teams. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of who else might be up in there that has been playing well. I said also I don't know whose roster, full roster is coming. There's a lot of guys opting yeah. not to go. That's, that's true. Um, that's true. And some of them have good excuses, good reasons. Um, so you think there is a good portion of the league that, that will decide not to go? None of them have really come out outside of uh, I say a good portion, but I would say that there's probably at least probably one of each roster, maybe one or two guys. That, mm. And that actually is probably, it's probably about 1% of the league, I guess. I don't know. We won't, we won't know. We don't know. But I, I'd say there's more guys than we, than we know. I didn't know. I had no idea. Trevor Reza, Davies Pertans, some of those guys have right. no idea, you know, that they had family issues or why they wouldn't go. Um, but, you know, I'm sure the next couple of days you'll see. What is it, July July 1st? I think or it's July 1st. No, July. we leave the, the 7th. The 7th through the 9th, we go to Orlando, something like that. With the deadline for, for them to let oh, That's the deadline for teams to have their roster. The deadline was supposed to be today for guys to opt in, but they extended it to the 1st, I think. But the next couple of days, guys have – sure, organizations are going to put the pressure on to make decisions so that we can have our full roster by July 1. Makes sense. Makes mm-hmm. sense, yeah. And you, you given any thought to a parade with no fans? I have not. <laughs> I have not. I, That'd I, be I, odd. That, yeah, it would be odd. I doubt that parade uh, will happen. Um, I'm sure there's some type of virtual – I don't know. We'll have to do a parade when things open up. Probably do a parade to start the season next year. Um, that's probably the best time to do it. Uh, have a parade for training camp, I don't know, next year. You know, <laughs> so We'll see how that goes. Danny, anything, uh, anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, just inside the green room, man. My podcast has been – it's been a lot of fun. I've been – enjoying it um you know obviously there's a lot of things going on so make sure you guys get out and vote um make sure you guys use your voices your platforms your actions the right way to support the movement for a better cause uh, to make the world um, equal like the equality shirt uh if a cancer shirt it's a good one uh but the black lives matter movement as well there's so many things going on uh, but you know appreciate you guys having me uh taking the time uh, hopefully this is a, some good stuff for your viewers and hopefully um, some of the viewers, you know, can check out my podcast as well. We'll have some good things. Have you guys on my pod one day. That'd be dope. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Again, Danny, thank you very much for, 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 for taking the time to join us. Uh, we really appreciate it. As usual, guys, uh, uh, please check out his podcast. He's got some really good episodes on it. Please check it out. Uh, as usual, you can follow me at Tomer Zarly. That's T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Ryan at Ryan Ward LA on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> Any you on TikTok yet? No, I'm not on TikTok. I don't have any kids yet. Um, mind you, I haven't gotten that bored yet. Um, it seems fun some parts. <laughs> I think I would probably mostly use it for like movie lines, movie scenes, but. Pretty no. sure Danny just took a shot at me right there. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> not at all. Danny, where can people <laughs> find you on social media? 
Uh, Green Ranger 14 uh, on Twitter. I think it's just dgreen underscore 14. Uh, inside the Green Room on Instagram as well. Uh, I think it's Green Room Inside on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not good with the handles, man. But uh, <laughs> Inside the Green Room, though. Inside the Green Room, though. You can find it. We have all our episodes out everywhere, pretty much. Um, so, you know, check it out. Tune in. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Again, thank you very much, Danny, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Best of luck to you uh, this season. Uh, stay healthy, uh, you and your family. Um, yeah. Thank you guys you, out man. there, please stay healthy as well. Appreciate it. You guys take it easy. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. All right.